going through the car wash this week. A word of advice from Sean Roberts himself. Uh, I remember for me personally, um, I, I was sitting bench for my knee when I was at Wits. He got injured. I came on. I had the best game of my life. The next day, I signed a four-year deal for Ajax Cape Town. That's how life can change as a player. We have high hopes for a weekend of PSL action. Um, I'm going for a high-scoring draw. Ooh, a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, 2-2-3-3. Two, 2-2-3-3, two, two, three, three. <laughs> yeah. okay. 2-3. <laughs> and Deco fires shots at the Ballon d'Or. That is right. This was a season, and uh, if only we were speaking French, we would have won <laughs> Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Soccer La Duma Radio. This is a a Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 39. On today's show, Tim Binkosi, number 10, but he launched. What was he doing? He broke COVID-19 protocol. We also react to the return of football and we debate who should have won the Ballon d'Or this year as it has been postponed. Uh, whether you're listening to us on SL Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Mahi Gang 96.7 FM, welcome to the show. I am not alone in studio. I actually do have a guy next to me for the first time in what feels like forever. He's not a goalie anymore, but his wife claims he's a keeper. It's Sean Roberts. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, Slew Dog. So bad, but so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, a man uh, who's uh, not in the city with us, unfortunately. We miss your face and we're all waiting for you to bring back the cornrows. It's Steko Murise. How you doing? <laughs> Bring back the cornrows. Bring back the cornrows. <laughs> How are you, sir? Ah, uh, well, good. How you doing? Uh, easy, 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 Jim. Uh, see, I think I'm a funny guy, but I think uh, Sean rates himself a little higher than me. Uh, and as usual, <laughs> we start off with the joke of the day. All right, all right, all right. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh man oh man terrible terrible thank stuff you. thank you i don't know where i get it from gets worse and worse and worse oh, all right so the first story of the day uh well we will get to the sundowns pirates match but we do have to react to this the fact that uh tim ingrosi lodge and justin shonga weren't allowed to go with the pirate squad to that match for a protocol breach they now have to be subject to testing i think they have to pass two tests but we asked everybody on a segment we like to call pole position pole position Poll position is where we present a question to our readers and listeners on Facebook. Uh, this time around, we asked, should Lorch and Shonga be allowed back in the Pirate Squad, back in the bubble after their protocol breach? And here's what you guys had to say. It's a neutral Kiza Chiefs fan. I don't think Lodge and Shonga should be allowed back into the bubble simply because they'll be sending a wrong message to all the players that are in the bubble. They should be disciplined accordingly. I'm a player. Sometimes I'm a player. And I was born, but So I think they must get a punishment for what they did. Yeah, and it's me about Dinga, Yabatinga, Les Simon, Exona, Yabatinga. Hello, soccer lovers. Uh, 
Lodge and Shonga, what they have done, I call it a match things. They must know better. They're senior player, they're professional. So for me, I will bend them for all season. They must stay there at home, join, enjoy the PlayStation there. It's a lesson to learn from them. They need more sort of sport in Rustin Shop Shop. <laughs> Enjoy the PlayStation. Love that one. Wow. Uh, so it's an interesting situation because this is unlike the Bobby one. We knew what happened with Bobby. We still don't know what exactly Lorch and Shanga did, how they broke protocols. We just know that they broke protocol. Mm. And so it's an interesting one, especially because they're players. They're going to be on the pitch potentially. Uh, your guys' reactions, Sean, do you think they should be allowed back in the bubble? I mean, we're under the assumption that they were out partying or whatever, but again, we, we honestly don't know. But you would you would think the players of that caliber of that experience of that professionalism with a big team like Orlando Pirates that surely surely you can't be committing basic mistakes like this especially this time of the season where you know, I think Pirates still can the outside chance win it yeah and um, you've got your two star players that are now out for at least two to three weeks which is just unfathomable it's crazy I mean take or you know more man I mean you know ex Pirates player this is crazy hey bud. Yeah, as much as I'm an experienced player, but uh, we're never in the bubble, Chief. <laughs> so, so there was no protocol to be observed. Sure. I think, I think, I think in, uh, in general, I think this sends a wrong, wrong message to all the teams because all the teams need to, uh, to be abiding by the same rules. And now, uh, uh, like you said, Sean, like the players of their calendar. You know, they should, they should know better, especially with all the conditions that we in. Mm. And we've been praying that football comes back, um, irrespective of what the situation is, which means whatever that is, which means it's something bigger than just football in its own. And uh, we, there were regulations that needed to be followed. You know, we, we were going back and forth with the PSL and SAFA to find um, some kind of an agreement between both of them so that the football can get back. And now that it's back, when your team needs you the most, you can't, you can't be part of that because uh, because of the protocols. I think every team has their own rules and regulations. I think maybe they broke one of those, but it's it's one of those things that you, you, you fail to understand as, as a person, as a fan, first of all, that why would you do such a thing when your team needs you the most? Yeah, you know, sure. Like you said, they've got an outside chance. They need you. Mm. There's certain things that you can avoid. You know, a bad performance kind of way. People yeah. talk about it. Absolutely. You know, but but this, you know, not following the protocols are something that you can avoid. I wonder what this means for their future because there's been talk of Lodge leaving. There's been talk of Shonga leaving. I mean, is this the, the nail in the coffin going forward? I don't know. I mean, it's a big statement, but I mean, just exactly. such a see, you should bad see, decision. And you should see people on Twitter going, yeah, ever since that song came out, Lodge has been acting up, what, what, what. And it's, it's just a bad look, particularly for a guy who's the reigning player of the season who hasn't had a great season this year. So Something, it's, Something's not right. Time will tell, Slew Dog. Time will tell indeed. Uh, speaking of time, it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about actual matches being played in local football. And so, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, by the time this show comes out, the, the results would have been out for a while. But let's react to this Netbank Cup uh, because we do still have the final towards the end of the month uh, or, or whenever. Uh, so firstly, Baroka versus Bloom Celtic, 3-0 to Celtic. Baroka played most of that match with 10 men mm-hmm. um, after 
Ananias was sent off for a reckless challenge 30 minutes in. Numiso Mabena scored just before the break. And then uh, uh, Sepana Litaula uh, wrapped up the match with a penalty and a last-minute goal. Was the match as dominant a performance as that scoreline suggests in your estimation, Sean? Look, I think the best team, and I think um, Teko called it, uh, I think he said Bloom Celtic to win. I said Morocco to win. Um, and without a doubt, the best team won. Uh, again, we can talk about the goalkeeping mistakes because it happened in the other game. I think um, Chipazezi didn't have the best game and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a quality goalkeeper in my opinion. Um, and yeah, he could have done a lot better. But yeah, I think uh, overall, for me, a surprising result. But uh, you know, watching the game, the best team won, for sure. Three goals is, is you, you don't score three goals um, and win by luck, put it that way. Celtic game, I think uh, we spoke about it. I think uh, that was, um, for me, Bruno Duke has been there for such a long time. Mm. And uh, they, there's always going to be a continuity within there because I don't think there's anything that he can do that is new. And uh, I mean, we had the story of Barroca, even though it's my favorite team, the defense has always been popped the whole season. Uh, we saw them again on that day where they were relying on the goalkeeper, but there's so many mistakes that were done. So Celtics were. After scoring that goal and after the red card, I think Celtics were in control of the game as they scored three. But I think the interesting one was Peter's best against Sundance. <laughs> for, for so many reasons, dude. Like, if, if you look at the game, uh, I think it, it was two, two different halves. And I, ha- I hate that saying. I, I hate that saying, Teko, but you're absolutely right. It really was a game of two halves. I thought, you know, I think you're really? going to go, yeah, I think, I think Sundowns were a much better team in the first half and then second half fell away dramatically. Yeah, so many mistakes too. No, like, Justin, for the first minute of the second half, this was a different team altogether. Yeah. Like, it was my first time this season watching Sundowns defending in their own box. Mm. You know, and, uh, and, and this started uh, creating enough chances and with those chances, those enough chances being created, sometimes started making mistakes. You you can't because of the pressure also that they were applying. They started making mistakes and then and then they scored. Sure. But also is is it was also for the first time that I've, I've, I've in a long time that I've watched Namibia Sundowns not being in control of any game. Yeah, they were not in control of that game. You know, I'm sure it's one of those games that they felt that you know what, um, um, if we lose this game, it's 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 justifiable. Yeah. Sure, you know, because because Vez came out differently second half. Yes, the pitch we can talk about the pitch because yeah. it's been used maybe twice in the same day. You can say it's not a playable pitch, blah blah blah. But both teams were struggling in the first half because Vez were very organized and sometimes couldn't find any, you know, uh, any solution for for Vez. But I think Vez and Jay on its own. I, I remember watching the stats as well. They, they made too many fouls, and then I think with those too many fouls, especially from the first half. Mm. I mean, it resulted to them losing the game. I mean, they considered two goals within the fouls. First, the first one, the penalty. Sure. The second, the last game, the last, the last goal that like he scored. Yeah. I think the first game on its own, it had a great second half, and I think on that day they deserved to win. And we have to, we have to ask a, a former goalkeeper himself, um, Shlongo for Vitz. Um, bit of a howler in that second half. To be fair, kind yeah. of threw the game away a bit. It's it's a tough one, you know. You're speaking about a goalkeeper who hasn't played a single game in over two seasons, mm. and he's thrown into a massive game like this, coming off a, a pandemic break of three and a half months or whatever it's been. But yeah, you know, any at any level that you are, um, the first and the second goal were basic mistakes. And he's a pro. He will know that. He'll put his hand up. 
Um, and these things, unfortunately, do happen as goalkeepers. You know, you've been on the bench now mm. for two years, two and a half seasons, and he's been a bench player his whole career. And, um, and that's fine. It's, it's not a problem. He's quality and he's good enough because he's there and he's good enough because he started that game. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go his way. Unfortunately, it means that Witz are out of the, the cup competition. And unfortunately for him, I think Ricardo Goss is back for the next game, which I, I suspect he will start. Um, yeah, and you know, you've got a player now, a goalkeeper, just like other players at Vets who are out of contract or yeah. who are going to be looking for a new contract in terms of going to TTM or not going to TTM. Maybe Mflongo should go to TTM. Uh, oh, maybe. I mean, you know, but, but games like that can just, just swing it. Like he's, it's either going to... Yeah. I remember for me personally, um, I, I was sitting bench for my knee when I was at Vets. He got injured. I came on. I had the best game of my life. The next day, I signed a four-year deal for Ajax Cape Town. That's nice. how life can change as a player. Yeah. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I feel for the guy um, that should have got the results. Unfortunately, they didn't. That's football. Um, I hope he's. I hope he's okay. And he, he's a professional. He, he'll he'll dust himself but, off. He's a good goalkeeper. But Sean, also look, looking on the other side as well, if, if Vitz would have won the game, we could be uh, saying the same thing about Madisha, though. Sure, yes, you know, absolutely. This gets to show you that certain things happen in football, irrespective of the quality, irrespective of how many games you've played. Madisha has been playing regularly for Monday Sundowns for the longest time. Correct. And because of because of the break that we've been having, nobody will come back into the game with tip-top shape and, and, and all the type of stuff. So we, we understand. And it's just that it's unfortunate for uh, uh, Brighton because it, he's been on the bench for the longest time. Yeah. And coming back in such a big, big game, obviously all eyes were on him. Yes, and, uh, and and he's, he's not even coming back, you know, in, in like a league where you're fighting for top eight. Dude, he's fighting, he's coming in as a semi final of the cup. Yeah. the team is sold. People are fighting for. There's so many, too many dynamics into this game. Yeah, but, but, but I just hope, like Sean said, I just hope that, like you said, man, I think he's, he's, he's a professional. I think he's he has a story to write. Yes, you know, I think I, he, I think he has a story to write. He needs to come stronger and write a story. And interestingly, you talk about mistakes from goalkeepers um, and whether it's the experience that plays a factor. If, we've, if we move on to the Pirates Sundowns match, it, it, uh, to be fair, it did end nil-nil. Uh, you know, it had its moments. It, it was a kind of frustrating watch at times. Uh, but what did you guys think of, of that result? Um, how, how did Pirates look to you on return? And do you think Sundowns were a little fatigued? <laughs> I think Pizzo said at the end of the game... Um, it's a very good point for Sundowns. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. very good point for Sundowns. I think uh, I think Pirates' second half were very unlucky not to get the three points. I think um, Sundowns in the midfield didn't look as cagey and as controlled as Pizza would have liked. Um, I thought someone like Rivaldo could see yeah, started off very well. I was very impressed with him going forward and sort of, you know, stapled off towards the end. I thought, I thought Ben Motswari for... Pirates was absolutely phenomenal. His ability to go forward and, and, and break through those lines, uh, very, very good. And I think he got managed the man, man of the match as well. Um, but you're all in all, very good point for Sundowns. I think Pirates could have taken that one. I think it's one game that I look at and say, we deserve to win the game. You know, the, when you do everything right, like you attack right, you organize properly, you you, you, you don't allow your opponents to create enough chances and you create more chances to score. It's one of those games where like one opportunity, just one goal would have changed everything for for Chelsea and the Paris because they were more threatening most of the times. And 
And I think it's 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 also I don't think we should also ignore the the, the pattern here. This is the second game in a row where Memory Sundance is not dominating in the midfield. Mm-hmm. This is the second game in a row where Memory Sundance is not convincing. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 we can't be saying um, we we can't be leaning on a team that has so much quality. That's what I'm saying. We can't go in and say, hey, but yeah, but it's going to break the four months. We've got all the better players than any team in the country. Yeah. And I think, guys, I, I think, I think, if 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 other teams didn't do themselves a favor, they might give it away to Sundance because I don't think Sundance is at the best of forms. Don't mm-hmm. wait for them to catch a form. Utilize this. And I think there was a problem also in yesterday's game in midfield where Macarena and Mosquera were controlling midfield, and we saw the subs that this was there. That Benin and Andy, but still do a problem still. Mm-hmm. They started playing three midfielders with Kekana, Kosia, and Andy Lejali, but still, there were problems still. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando Pirates had a solution for Orlando Pirates. Just one goal. That's all they needed. They just needed to put one in. And uh, it's it's one of those days when they couldn't. So yeah. what, what what do you think that problem was in the midfield, Seko? Do you think it's just a, a lack of game time together? Do you think it's a lack of understanding? Or or uh, what, what do you think? Look look at the, 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 the characteristics of both teams in the midfield. On the other side, you've got Ben Mutari, you've got Makari, but these people are very mobile. Mm. Okay, they, if, if in an oldest team, you can say they're box-to-box players if they want to, right? These are the two. So now if you look at Sundance, they've got Kotsia, they've got Kekar. Mm. Right, and then now with how they were playing, they were trying to uh, use I could see it as a person that starts to build up, some yes. as a person that initiates forward. Mm-hmm. But because of the frustrations that are happening within the midfield, you I saw a couple of times some coming in between the center backs to come and collect the ball and play those long balls. Mm-hmm. So now the reason the reason why he's doing that because he doesn't find space in the midfield. So now once you you make someone to play differently. It allows you to dominate, and that's what they did. Mm. I don't think necessarily it's based on the personality on the personality on the pitch. I think Orlando Pirates were better organized; they were much quicker. Uh, they were more hungry to win the game. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because for me, I felt I felt like Mandelson was going into this game. They have an advantage because they were 70 to 90 minutes with them. Like there's many players within the team that were 60 to 70 minutes, which means that tempo needs to be. A little bit up the next game. Yes, the recovery time is very small, but this is not nothing new to Sundance. They've been in Champions League, League, Champions League, back and forth. They know what how to recover. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is that yesterday, don't ignore the signs. Yesterday, Orlando Pirates dominated the midfield. Mamela, hundred percent, no issues, no nothing. If yeah, you play against Mamela Sundance now, going forward until the end of the season, if we don't allow them to dominate the midfield, we stand a chance to win. Look at look at look at how how Ben Mutswari could come inside the midfield. Look at look at how Makarini just went through the midfield. There was an issue. It was a big issue yesterday. And like you said, Peter said it correctly. This is a great point that we that we got. I think it's one of those games that normally someone's needed to actually check and rectify too many things because that win against Vince, it says okay, guys, we we not at our best, but we come in there, but we won an important game. But the Mamelis yeah. and the run of game. Makes you look at what's inside your 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 plate. You're like, okay, cool, guys. We're not actually as good as we thought that we are. You understand? Yeah. So I think I think yesterday's game actually will open Mamelisan down. So I think we'll make them calm down a bit and and look at exactly what is it that they need to improve. Because from what what happened yesterday, from from the the, the play that they had yesterday, I think I was not convinced at all. I think Olympiacos could have won the game.
Yeah, and you know, between uh, the time of recording and when the show goes out, there will be a Chiefs game, but we're not going to discuss that because obviously by the time yeah. the show comes out, it'll already have been played, but we can look to the weekend fixture uh, list because I want to get you guys' predictions for a couple of these games. <laughs> so Highlands Park versus Sundowns, I believe that's on Friday. What yeah. do you guys feel? Sure, tough one. I mean, you uh, <laughs> know, I, I, I was gonna scream out sundowns, sundowns, but after listening to tech, after listening to Teco's uh, analysis, which makes perfect sense, you've got to, you've got to, um, you, you've got to step back and look at what's happening. And, and Highlands now coming out of a long break, uh, we know what their coach is about. These guys will be super fit. They'll be super amped. Sundowns may be a little tired, but like Teco said, you can't really use that as an excuse now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going for a draw. I'm draw. going for a draw. All right, all hmm. right, Stecco. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one, and uh, um, I think uh, Will Dagama has an opportunity to beat Sundowns because he watched two games that London Sundowns has played, so you've got an advantage to analyze them better and 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 see the weaknesses and and, and punish. And uh, what I like about Highlands Park is. They've got speed, they've got the hunger, they've got the desire. Yesterday with Orlando Paris, they provided speed, the desire, and the hunger. Watch out on Friday. I see Mamelisan and Downs losing against Highlands Park. Wow. Ooh, okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Simon, uh, have you got that? <laughs> uh, the next, the no, next no. game... Look, yeah. look, sorry, sorry. The reason, the reason why I'm saying this is it's, it's the turnaround time for Marisan Downs for Friday is too short. And uh, and and you you look at you look at okay, Madisha had a brilliant game. You he look did. at you 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 look at Nascimento's one v ones getting exposed now. We're getting to mm. see that he's not really good at one on one. You know uh Highlands Park how they play Charlie around the whole day. And mm-hmm. And you know that in the midfield, they'll have people that are donkeys that will run the whole day and make sure that they, they play as compact. They will, if 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 Highlands Park they don't do the one v ones at the back, they're gonna win the game. Because now once you do one v one on the back, they're gonna move you out of the position. Somebody else will uh, actually come in and neutralize that position. But remember, never it didn't even have a sweat yesterday. True. Mm, true. That's how, how non-threatening Amnesty Sundowns were. He didn't even have a sweat. His socks were still clean. He was still tucked in. No problem. So now, yeah. because <laughs> they were not they were, they were not faced by this somebody moving out of position, blah blah blah. Happy and Yowza, they were properly in their position. They didn't. Their host nine, Amnesty Sundowns being the host nine, they were not faced by that. So I think if yeah. if Owen Dagamas watches the game yesterday and realizes that okay, so if somebody Mohalo, whoever moves to the side, let him be taking care of the person that is on the side. My two in the back needs to stay here. We'll never find problems. And then uh, in the next game, it's, it's going to be interesting because we obviously, we're going to see how Chiefs play this evening. We record on Wednesdays. Uh, but they on the weekend, they'll be facing Polokwane City. Um, and usually that's a bit of a hoodoo for them because going up north is tough. But all, all the games are in Gauteng now. So it kind of changes mm. the, the dynamic there. Who do you rate for, for that one? Yeah, I think all the games for any team up north are tough. And we've, we've been down there before. It's, it's, it's not easy. But Chiefs have no option other than to win. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They have no other option. So I'm going with the Chiefs win. Yeah, they have to win. No, they have no choice. My friend. If they don't win, uh, they might as well take the bags and go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, lastly, Vitz will be 
absolutely just like exhausted by this damn fixture list of theirs, but they yeah. have Orlando Pirates yeah. uh, after they faced Sundowns, Chiefs, <laughs> they faced the other Soweto Giants. Who do you have on that one? Yeah, um, I've been impressed by both teams. I really have. Um, I'm going for a high scoring draw. Ooh, a 3-3. Yeah, 2-2-3-3. And you, Dex? For me, um, I was impressed by by Bolan Lucas. And, um, and I think it will be very interesting to see how Pirates will cope with Bidu versus Verts. But I see, it's just with Verts, man. If Juka merges out, guys, man, Verts have no chance to win against Bolan Lucas. Anyway, are, you, yeah. are, you, are you saying yeah. he is out or if he's out? No, because, because he he went he, he limped out of the game when they played against Sundance. So I think he had yeah. a muscle yes, wipe. Yes, he did. Like a hamstring. Yes, and the other striker that he's having his own personal issues is Mutuba. So so Mutuba, basically, yeah. Yeah, so basically they don't have enough firepower to 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 struggle or to make Orlando Paris defend you know with numbers at the back. And if Orlando Paris doesn't have stress to defend, and then you're going to see those boys buzzing going forward. So now it's going to be stressful versus the defense. So I think it's going to be a narrow win in JFL and the pass 1-0. Up next, we have the International News Desk. That we are joined by our one and only international news correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. Kurt, how you doing? Good, man. How you guys? Fantastic. Fantastic. Welcome. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm really excited for, for this story. Uh, so I, I actually just had to Google this just to make sure, but it is French football. It's France football or the, you know, IFF or whatever that, that organizes the Ballon d'Or. Um, and I just realized yes. they like postponing things, these guys. They, they also canceled their League One season and then everybody <laughs> else came back. <laughs> and now they've just yep. postponed the 2020 Ballon d'Or. So we have to ask, who should have won the 2020 Ballon d'Or? Um, okay, well, do you want me to go first? I have yes. an opinion that maybe you guys will agree with. But um, firstly, let me just say that I do feel like France football could have bent their rules slightly. They they could have adapted like football adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really unfortunate um, that they've done this in a year where the winner seemed to be so clear cut. People could argue for Lionel Messi. People could argue for um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, perhaps for De Bruyne and maybe one or two others, but this was Lewandowski's season. Uh, Robert Lewandowski of Bayern Munich. Um, I'm sure he will feel aggrieved, um, especially if Bayern go on to win the Champions League um, later this month. Um, You know, every other year it's contentious. Ronaldo fans are upset when he doesn't win it. Messi fans are upset when when he doesn't win it. Modric won it two years ago. It was 2018 after the World Cup, after he had won the Champions League. But later it was kind of seen as a sentimental award um, Mm. for Modric. Um, I just feel like this was the year where nobody would have been able to to make a strong enough argument that uh, Robert Lewandowski didn't deserve it. You know, on the field, he's been in the best form of his career. Off the field, there's no drama. He seems like a good guy. He's been consistently great for years. And remember, part of the, the criteria slew is that um, a Ballon d'Or, or they take into account a, a player's contribution over a period of time too. They look at your your overall career, mm. and um, that's you'll never see a, a one season wonder taking home the Ballon d'Or. Um, and Lewandowski has been great for um, for many many years now. Yeah. Um, 
And I just feel like, um, you know, he, he'll feel disappointed, definitely. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I couldn't agree with you more. I think he scored what, 34 league goals, 51 in all competitions. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unheard of. I mean, without a doubt. Um, I think, was he named? He was named player of the season as well for Bundesliga player of the year. I think he was. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so you're talking about beating players like Jaden Sancho, uh, Kimmich, etc., etc. So, yeah, without a doubt for me, um, without a shadow of a doubt, I couldn't agree with you more. What do you think, Tex? Yeah, the, the guy's been consistent for so many years, and uh, every season he's one of the top goal scorers, if, if, if not himself alone. And he's been competing with the best for so many years. And I think um, Kurt is right. This was his season, and uh, if only he was speaking French. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what that's what I was kind of like um, disappointed by was the fact that League One was the only top league called off. Um, football still carried on. Exactly, and I don't think any of the players from League One was was a nominee. So I think uh, it's just that in jail. If Mbappe was in a situation like this, he would have won it. I'm telling you. Yeah, it is. It's a funny thing. You know, the only Ballon d'Or that I think I've ever disagreed with outright. Actually, no, there's there's like three. But the first one, the first one, the first one, the first one was, okay, so I disagreed with Cannavaro in 2006. I don't think he was the best player on the planet. I disagreed with Modric. I don't think he was the best player on the planet. And I disagreed with 2003. And yes, I'm going to bring up Arsenal again because Nedved did not deserve the 2003 <laughs> yeah, Ballon d'Or. It was on. Yes, but anyway, I agree. But uh, this time exactly around, it was, it was and clear that's the cut. Thing. We, every year we, we, we can, you know, argue about and debate. And I just think this was the season where nobody would have debated it. So yeah, they could yeah, have straight up. adjusted their rules and nobody would have said Robert Lewandowski didn't deserve this. So, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm disappointed for the guy. I think Bayern uh, Munich's Chiefs uh, Uli Hoeneß and... And, and I think it was Rummenigge said that they wanted to, like, I think, did they say they wanted to lay a formal complaint? They wanted to, like, take it to FIFA. Um, so they've they made, they've, they've kicked up a fuss. Um, and I just hope that, look, I don't think that they'll turn this decision around, um, but I just hope that they do, man. I mean, nobody would argue with this. I just feel like it would be the fair thing to do. But also, Kurt, as a player, you, you wouldn't want to win it like that. You don't think so? Because, oh, this thing, and then it gets dropped by a male guy who's very angry at you. Like, yeah, see, <laughs> you know, they said he must bring this around. But I think they, they, they should have done the, the, the right thing. Like you said, the only league at the time was, that was cancelled was the A. And uh, all other top leagues were still playing. And I think it's unfair for that to happen. And uh, But for me as a player, I wouldn't want to win a special trophy like that the way the way this will go. Teko, ten, 10 years, a decade later, no one's remembering the circumstances true, 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 true. <laughs> yeah but i mean okay here's my issue right i don't understand how you how you cancel an award ceremony like the ballon d'Or. it's an award ceremony i've we've been seeing emmys being given out via skype so i don't understand why an award ceremony gets postponed when psg are in the uefa champions league quarterfinals they have to travel to a different country for that yeah so it's, I, it's, it, it's it, all very bizarrely it makes no sense to me um Kurt, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't put this. I didn't actually prepare you for this. But do you want to do some quick UEFA Champions League predictions? Because seeing as it is this week yeah, that it comes back. Sure. All right. So uh, we have uh, tonight. I think. Yeah, we have uh, Atalanta versus Paris Saint Germain. Uh, yes. Atalanta. I think the third highest scoring team in Europe. Who do you have for that one? I personally would love to see Atalanta win. 
Um, and not just because I, 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 I fell in love with their story this season, they've been so brilliant, but because I despise everything PSG stands for. So <laughs> I, I would love Atalanta to win. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but I have images saved on my laptop, ready to go. Um, oh. After PSG beat Dortmund in the group stage, they celebrated like they'd won the, the tournament. They were on, I remember they were that. Sit, sitting on the verandas, there was fire going, the players had their shirts off. I can't stand that club, um, and I just want Atalanta to beat them tonight. I really do. It's a one-off <laughs> game. Anything can happen. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to be so biased, but that's what I want. It's that simple. Jeez, tell us how you really feel, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Well, let's do let's do the let's do the rest. Um, I, I have a feeling you're not as as anti any of these teams, but Leipzig versus Atletico. Who do you have? Um, I would. I think Atletico are, are strong enough to to advance there. Especially yeah. after having knocked out Liverpool, um, yeah, I just think they have the know-how, especially in you know in these fixtures in the Champions League. And if I'm not mistaken, Timo Werner isn't going to be playing for Leipzig, right? Yeah, yeah, he's left. He left the club. Left. Um, I think it was last month already. Yeah, he will not be a part of their Champions League campaign. The rest of it. That, that's a that's a huge loss for them. And then we have Barcelona versus Bayern, Messi versus Lewandowski. Who do you have? Uh, I think Bayern. Are, I think Bayern are too strong. Um, as much as I'd love Barcelona to 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 go on and win the competition as a whole, I think Bayern Munich are too strong. Slu, um, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you guys would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fully, That's fully, fully. Even Teco, you're a Barca fan, so let's get your thoughts on that one. Listen, for for Barcelona to win, which means uh, Bayern has to play really, really, really bad, and we don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. no, Bayern, Bayern is very strong. I don't want to lie. And my fear is if if the little alien does his own thing, we stand a chance to win. But the thing is, if we start winning this game and we qualify, it'll look like Barcelona. We okay? There's no issues. The players that we have are okay. Yeah, paper over the cracks. The sooner we get out of this tournament, the sooner we realize that we need better players to come and help the team. So I I hope I hope Bayern, Bayern give us four so we can feel oh. a bit. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Do really, but you do you really, really, really think that a PK can stop uh, Lewandowski at this time? Nah, fam. I, nah, don't. Nah, fam. Thank you. I don't. Thank you. I don't even think Van Dyke can stop Lewandowski at the moment. But uh, lastly, rounding it all up, we have Man City Leon. Who do you have there? I think City will will win that. And not not easily, but I think they'll win that game. I I, I don't think I think people are looking at Leon's results against Juventus um, and or over the two legs, thinking you know that was a great performance. But Juventus just were really poor. Um, mm. City should advance. I mean, they knocked out Real Madrid. They were phenomenal in both fixtures. Sean, I'm sure you'll agree. The football yeah. they played. Look, they need to take their chances more. They could have uh, beaten Real Madrid far more comfortably. But no, I'm, I'm going City there for sure. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Oh, well, thank you very much for joining us for the International News Desk, Mr. Kurt Buckfield. Cool, gentlemen. Cheers. Enjoy. Cheers, bud. Thank you. Cheers. Up next, we have a segment called 10 Quick Fire Questions, and uh, that is where we get your favorite PSL players on the line, and we put them on the spot and have a listen to who we have this week. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Dylan Klaassen, Marisburg player, forward, and these are my 10 fast questions. <laughs> 10 fast. <laughs> who is the funniest guy in the PSL that you have played with? Uh, let's see. Recently, I only played at Wits in uh, Gran, Granville Scott. And uh, who is the flashiest dresser? Well, everybody dresses, but if I had to choose one, 
Palembe. Elias Palembe. I won't give you. And then everyone tries to avoid this one. I wonder if you'll be able to answer, but who's the worst dressed? I'll probably say me. Because I'm just in sweats and uh, and t-shirts. I'm cool with whatever, you know. The minimalist. And what is the worst mistake you've made in a match? No, actually, like when I was playing in Germany, I was playing on the right back and then I passed the ball and they intercepted and they went to go score. And that team, I think we lost that match 2-1, I think. So I would say like that was probably my worst mistake. And that was not my position, but the coach asked me to go play there. I played and I made this mistake because you think you're playing in the midfield and then obviously I suffered for that mistake. At Maritzburg United, who is your best friend? Michael Lialafa. I don't know if you know him, you're familiar with him. He's the one from New Zealand that they released Ah yes. during the season. Yes, he, he was my best friend. Also. I used to hang out with him a lot. Uh, what is, uh, uh, throughout your career, your most fond footballing memory? I would say it was going with going with the under-20 national team when I was still playing under-20 national team to the World Cup. Like, there was a good group of guys and, you know, like just playing a World Cup against the best. Like, that's like one, one of those memories that I'll never, like, forget because who don't want to play a World Cup? Yeah. Of course. And then what is the best goal that you have scored in a match? It was in Germany and I scored the winner and we were close to relegation. And I scored this winner and we were free of the relegation zone. It wasn't the most flashiest, but it's one of the most memorable ones that I remember. And uh, you mentioned in my starter pack that you're not uh, really about the cars, but we do have a question here. Favorite car? So you don't have to have owned it, but even if you've seen it and gone, whew. Nah, the, I would give it to the, the Range Rover Sport, the new one. In South Africa, what is your favorite local food? Papenvors, I would say. Papenvors, a classic. Yeah, keep it classy style. And then lastly, what is your favorite holiday destination? Italy was nice, though, but I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite. It was a nice place to see, though, but... Favorite place I'd give uh, Zanzibar. I went with my family there. So for me, it's not just the place and all. It's my experience in the place that I enjoyed. Like, you know, with people you go and then the experience you had while being there. Very nice. Very rare for us to have someone who's been to the destination. <laughs> Luckily, he's well-traveled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a cool guy, Dalen. What a player as well. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the secret footballer, which is where we have our co-host over here, Sean Roberts. Uh, look at the back page of our sister publication, Kickoff Magazine, where somebody tells a story of what's going on. What do you have for us this week? Yeah, so interesting one. So I'm just going to quote this, this player. Um, These things are done and you have to monitor so that you can see the pattern. Sometimes you only get passes when your teammates are under pressure and when you are in position to score, they ignore you. You have to stand up for yourself. So Teko, I mean, it's it's I've, I've seen it a little bit in my playing days, but how important is it to get along with your teammates, would you say? I mean, it's it's quite ridiculous um, that a teammate can sort of determine how you progress within a team, which in turn determines how you progress in your career. I mean, it's you've probably seen it quite a bit, but it's it's all about those clicks, isn't it? Well, what, what's your opinion on this? I, 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 for me, uh, I've seen it in South Africa, but I've also heard it um, uh, and from players that are playing in big teams. I think I think it's 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 more on them trusting you first. They need to trust you. They need to believe in you. 
Um, because most of the time, look at look at what happens when you play for a big team. The first interview that we that most players do, they speak big, right? And then you go to training, they you know how it is, they're gonna test you. And once you succumb to that, they won't trust you at all. So you need to stand your ground, you need to you need to you need to show them that you're not there just to add numbers, you're there to add value. And once mm-hmm. that has happened, and then slowly things will turn around and they'll actually come back and tell you that they were testing you. So I think it's important for players to know exactly that it's it's important if you if you get tested. I mean, it's it's, it's great, which means they want to trust you as soon as possible. It's worse sure. if you get to a big team and nobody speaks to you. It's 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 even worse than them not passing you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. So so I think it's 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 one of those things that I don't think it will stop because also I was watching also Anelka's um, uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, he also speaks about that in in, in at Real Madrid, the way he said he felt like, you know, he wasn't wanted there. You in a dressing room, wherever he was sitting, somebody would come there and say, this is my place. You can imagine on the pitch yeah. how it was. So I think it happens everywhere. I think it's, it's up to you on how to... And at the time, and you remember, Anelka was one of the highest uh, signings that Real Madrid made. So it's up to you to prove it on the pitch. If you're not going to yeah. prove it on the pitch, trust me, there's no point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Man, uh, you know, uh, some guys who are going to want to prove it on the pitch uh, are the guys over at Vits who haven't been signed up yet. And uh, we want to take a look at who's still up for grabs at Bidvest Vits. We obviously know that, unfortunately, they've been sold to TTMFC, who we're going to talk about a little bit later as well. But, uh, you know, we have this list. I was talking to Sean. There's Cole Alexander, Keegan Ritchie, Sfisotlanti. We've got Tabang Monare. We've got Brandon Peterson. We've got Lorenzo Godinho, who unfortunately just signed for Vits. Back in January, and now already uh, has to look for a new spot. So when you look at that list, who are the big three looking at there in your guys' estimation that's still available? Uh, for me, I think Cole Alexander has been amazing this season and the past season as well. I think he definitely went struggle to find a team. Um, don't be surprised if he snapped up quickly. Uh, Sophie Sochlanti, for sure. Uh, senior player, Bafana International. Um, been a little bit hot and cold this season, but in my eyes a very very good player and um, Minari I think my, those are my top three I don't I don't think he's going to struggle to find a team either I think him and Alexander together have been phenomenal um, imagine they end up at the same team that'll be interesting yeah <laughs> what do you think Tex? Yeah. who are you looking at there? yeah Barocca needs them listen I think <laughs> I think Minari um, uh, Cole Alexander uh, for me, it will also be interesting to see where Belimba goes. You know, um, for, for one, I think I think Monaro has been the talk of the town for the last two seasons or so. Uh, whether he's super sport or cases Chiefs, I think now will be interesting to see where he goes. And he's a talented boy. He's a very, very good boy off the field. Very funny. Talent. Yeah. Alexander, we know how hard he works. He's traveled a lot. He finally found a home in Verts. Unfortunate, but but I think he was trying to find the team, and uh, yeah, it will be very interesting. I, I know Kishanti, it will be easier for him because South Africa is, he plays in one position that South Africa we don't have many left back. Mm. We, we 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 struggled a lot with that position. I think to to find it a little bit easier. The, the most difficult ones are the midfielders because there's too many midfielders in South Africa. So yeah. it will be interesting to see where Cole Alexander lands because it's important also. 
to find a, a team that you fit in very well and actually help. Because finding a job, it's, it's, it might be sometimes easy to other ones that are talented, but finding a right place to work, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge right now. So I just hope that the guys that we just mentioned to find the right places or good teams where we can actually see them, you know, grow and contribute. Because we want to see Munara being in a national team as well. We want to see Alexander as well. In the national team as well. So I think it's important that, especially with the age they're at, it's the right time now to find a great team where they're supposed to be in the national team. Because also, when you look back, when you're done playing, you want to be like, you know what? Those are the kind of things that you want to brag about. Or not only brag about, but you want them when you see me, that you really play for national team, this and that. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's very important to players. And, you know, another player who, um, you know, Sean mentioned earlier in the show, one good game can really turn things around for you is uh, their forward, uh, Vugamanja. Unfortunately, um, looked like he limped off there, might have been a hamstring pull. But, you know, one good game, you never know. In the Netbank Cup, that's three and three for him. Um, no, 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 can I please correct you, please? <laughs> yes. Slu, please put some respect on this boy's name. <laughs> yes. This, this you tell him, Teko. It's dangerous. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the only number 10 that he's the only player that I know in South Africa now that plays in the case of the place number 10 that can go quiet. And But whenever he comes out, he scores a goal. That's Ruga Manji. Please put some respect on the name. All right. Yes, all right. I'm sprinkling. I'm sprinkling some respect on it. All right. Thank you. All Thank right. you. <laughs> okay, so up next we have a little segment that we call This Week in Football History. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. So this week back in 1966, St. Mirren, uh, sorry, midfielder Archie Gemmel became the first substitute in Scotland. A lot of people don't know this, but even though substitute were used back back as early as the 1880s they fell off for a while they were like hated and shunned they were like don't hmm. no substitutions in matches and then around the 50s with the world cup fifa said now nah, we have to allow for substitutions to be made these guys are getting injured left right and center and it was only in 1966 that Scotland, this guy's the first substitute wow. ever That's cool. in Scotland. It's a weird thing. Uh, all right. And then this week, back in 1990, Mamelodi Sundowns won the JPS Knockout Cup 2-1 on aggregate thanks to goals from Zayn Musa and Harold Dichodi. And I love this story because Harold Dichodi's nickname is Jazzy Queen. I love that yeah. so much. That's your nickname on Friday nights, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they call me the Jazzy Queen. <laughs> All right. And then this week back in 2010, Neymar made his Brazil debut and scored his first international goal in a two win, uh, sorry, a two nil win <laughs> over the United States. He's gone on to score 60 more goals and assisted 40 times in 100 more appearances. Uh, already a Brazil legend, although... Uh, we always ask, what if he stayed at Barca? What if? Uh, and we have this last story that I'm fascinated by. And that is, what if TTMFC get promoted this season? So we've been talking for weeks. It feels like months now about TTMFC buying Bitvestivitz rights. And one, one aspect of this story that people don't seem to remember is the fact that TTMFC, especially after these recent results, are in a promotion playoff spot. They've already sold their rights to African All-Stars who are changing their name to Sekukune United. And so now it's this bizarre scenario of what if TTM just naturally gain promotion and then this team who are in a lower, lower than the ABC Mutipe League 
suddenly jumps to the PSL just because they bought their rights. Sean, it's, I think, the most insane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple to dissect in in terms of it's it will be very bad business done by TTM and very good business done by African Warriors, put it yeah. that way, because they would have sold their status for up between 8 and 15 million. I think that's what the, the going rate is now for uh, a Glad Africa championship, championship team. And if African Warriors now gets promoted All to... All-Stars. Oh, sorry, sorry, All-Stars, sorry, guys, uh, gets uh, promoted to the PSL, that 15 million or 12 million investment jumps to 40, 50, 60, 70 million investment. So that is great business. But if you turn the table on its head and you look at TTM selling their status um, and buying a PSL status, that is horrific business. Yeah. Um, which I sort of want to happen because... They've killed my old team. Yeah. You know what would be insane is if is if Bitvest Vitz bought African All Stars. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. <laughs> and then they're all just in the PSL. Everyone together. will be like, just kidding. We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Deco, what do you make of this insanity? Weird, man. Imagine uh, they uh, because I, I see Black Lapas going out to Polkwane City, right? Mm-hmm. So so they win promotion on the other side like they bought Vets out, so they're selling back to them. But uh it's just for me, Sean, or on 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 a on an honest opinion about this issues is I just wish that uh this sales buying of teams and selling of teams can stop a bit because yeah. because I don't I don't believe that people that are buying teams are actually trying to help situation or trying to help players. If you remember when Petrus came into the PSL, he changed salary packages, not only for Sundowns, but for the whole league. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it changed things. And I just I just wish that all these guys that are coming in, you know, especially with the first history yeah, and all that type of stuff, just come in to improve the game. Don't, don't, yeah, don't come in because you want to be in first page every Sunday. Yeah. Don't come in for wrong reason. Go be an influencer somewhere. But if you're coming in into this thing, be, be because my, my, my biggest worry was this was one of the teams that one of the teams that actually was challenging for the owners. So it is one of the one of the outsiders of the three that we all normally talk about. So now when this is no longer there, you understand what I'm saying? There's a void there. Somebody needs to take that space. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, and, cool. and for this to actually try and for this to, to be able to have occupied that space, it took them years. Years and years of different players and different coaches and blah blah blah, different talents. Don't Absolutely. just come in and, and they finally and, found and, they finally found their coach, they finally found their squad of players that could get them silverware. Exactly. And it's exactly. now just thrown away. I know in America, if you buy a team, you have to have a 10-year plan in place. So just to know that your your intent is there uh, in yeah. terms of progress. Yeah, going meanwhile, forward. TTM they couldn't play play salaries last year. Oh, man. <laughs> so, it's, it's, anyway, imagine now, imagine now you just bought the, the status for this, and then you just last one season in the PSL and then you get relegated. Man, talk to me, bro. Ridiculous. It could happen, you know. Oh, it's, 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 such... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the most ridiculous thing. And a, a question that um we were talking about beforehand that I do want to ask on Twitter as well is what happens to Bidvest Vitz trophy cabinet? We wonder, I wonder. Aye. But um, we end off um speaking of uh, teams moving from city to city. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Other things that move. <laughs> <laughs> Our cars. 
right, try with this, this, the this week's car of the week thanks for that horrific intro <laughs> uh is my man yari Torre. he's got the most beautiful porsche cayenne turbo the highs of this beautiful car is its intense power acceleration and handling premium interior interior comfortability that is refined the lows it's expensive it costs considerably more than its rivals um, and its exterior styling is a bit too familiar. The Verdict is one of the world's greatest high-performance luxury sports sedans disguised as an SUV ranging from 2.5 million to 3.5 million rand. I give it a staggering 8.5 out of 10. Mm, so for you, it's not a nene, it's a ya ya. It's a uh, <laughs> You've got to do that again. There we go. Oh, booze, come on. <laughs> He's been waiting for this for like weeks. Dang. Everybody just heckling the boy out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in order to become a better comedian, I'll need some motivation. So give me a motivational <laughs> quote of the week. <laughs> okay. So this one is from a redefined Abel Mabasso, a reborn Abel Mabasso at uh, Orlando Pirates. The only time when I look down on people is when I help them back up. Very, very nice. Very cool. I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, we're just trying to be the best in the podcast industry, but we got to show love to some other peeps who are trying to do the same. I didn't mention this last week, but Kaiser Chiefs are now a part of the podcast community in South Africa. Brilliant. So that is fantastic news for the entire industry. So big ups to them. Have a look at, uh, go, and, go and check them out there on all the same platforms as us, except for Mahigang FM yet. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, and up next, we have a segment called Spotlight. It's where we take a look at local academies and see uh, what, what grassroots football initiatives are bringing us the players of the future. I'm happy to be joined on the line by Ajay Sunath, founder of Durban Boys Football Academy. Welcome to the show, Ajay. Thank you very much. So uh, when did you start Durban Boys Football Academy and what inspired you to start the academy? Um... Durban Football Academy is, is a byproduct of Durban Boys Football Club as such. So um, we ran a, a Premier League and an SAB side um, in the north region of Durban, um, where we won, I think. If you look at the years we played in Phoenix uh, as a Premier League side, uh, we won almost every year, three years with the, everything. So from there, obviously, it became a little bit cumbersome in the sense that we, we are just playing, playing and winning. And then I built an indoor soccer court. Uh, obviously, my next passion was indoor football, which I played quite a bit. And from there, we decided to open this academy for the kids. And uh, what's the process uh, for the kids to join the academy normally? And we normally, it's, it's quite easy. We base it in Phoenix. So it's taking care of the community as such. So we don't charge no fee as such for the kids. Uh, it's more community-based. Um, I have a, a professional coach, uh, Marvin Oaks, who helped me quite a bit. Uh, he played on the uh, for South Africa in the Premier League and stuff like that. So he's very good. Uh, he's got his license in terms of, of coaching. And bringing that kind of uh, experience to the platform, it made such a big difference for the kids. So the kids really enjoyed it. And obviously, kids come along every weekend and... That's what they were spend their time. And so you mentioned that there's uh, no uh, fees necessarily. Uh, so how do you how do you run the academy financially speaking? So so basically, to to be honest with you, I fund most of it uh, myself for the passion of football. Uh, the courts, the property is owned by me as such. Well, not own actually, I lease it, but the courts are mine. So there's no fee involved in terms of hiring at the premises. Um, yeah, and the rest I just take it 
take uh, take the experience myself. I see. And uh, you mentioned uh, one competition early on. What competitions do you guys compete in? Okay, so we play in the South of Phoenix uh, Premier League. Uh, with, yeah, so we've won that league hands down on numerous occasions uh, from Durban Boys. Well, on the senior side, actually, not on the junior. Uh, on a junior structure, we were, we were trying to implement, obviously, this year, like under under 10, under 12, and under 13. But obviously, with the coronavirus, all that had to be stopped. But yeah, our next phase is definitely taking more kids on board and obviously running uh, software sites under the Down Boys banner. Uh, would you say, in general, youth competitions like these and, and academies like yours need more investment just so that there's, there's more of them um, particularly in lower income areas and stuff like that? I kind of emphasize that the most uh, kids don't have soccer boots, kids don't have kits, kids don't have no soccer balls as such. Uh, uh, even on the day, a little energy or a juice for that matter, because they spend like two or three hours with us. So any input we could get of any kind of donation, it'll help in the sport whatsoever. Well, uh, you have the floor. You can uh, say your contact details if anyone wants to reach out and uh, help out uh, your academy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, please. Thank you very much. Um, as you know, we we be supporting quite a lot of kids and we want more kids. So obviously, my aim in the next two or three years is to implement more football for kids than seniors. So trying to drive them from 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's the age division we're looking at. And obviously, any kind of support in any which way, financially, uh, physically, whatever the case may be, please contact me on 084-580-3739 or on my personal email address, ajaysunat at gmail.com. It's A-J-A-Y-S-E-W-N-A-T-H at gmail.com. Thank well, you. Thank you very much for joining me on the show, Ajay. Uh, it's been fantastic to have you and all the best moving forward. I know we don't, it's a lot of uncertainty right now, but uh, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normal fairly soon. I hope so. Thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. There we have it. Another great one. Uh, as always, it's important for us to say when we do suggest these youth academies to you guys, do your own background checks and just make sure it's all above board. But we trust the boys over at Durban Boys. So big ups to them. We now have the... Is it, is it, is it just me or did he sound exactly like Owen Dagama? It does sound like <laughs> Owen Dagama. AJ Dagama, we call him. AJ Dagama. All right. That has been episode number 39 of The Car Wash. Whether you're listening to us on SL Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Game Time on Mahi Gang 96.7 FM. Thank you very much for joining us on the show and a big thank you to my co-host Sean Roberts. And Kosi Slu. And Teko Murise. We shall see you all in the same place, same time next week. Cheers. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> This is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a thang on a corner. Banana and Baba.